Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Let's watch Dead Ducks together. Let's watch Orphan Puppies. Yeah, let's watch Dead Ducks together, baby. There's an orphan child who talks to animals. We watched <laughs> We watched all ducks go to heaven. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. That's so beautiful. What do you call that voice, little fella? That a baritone or a tenor? Oh, I don't care. It's just you and me. Let's make music together. Let's make sweet harmony. I'll take the ray, you better hang on to me. Tear me apart, Lisa! You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20-something, but you could also be a teenager. You don't have to be me, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland. And we kick off May with animation. I know, fucking kill me, right? <laughs> so my guest this week is a returned guest. She was on the Romeo and Michelle's episode. She was also on Riverdale. Who are you? I am Mallory Severin. Hello. So you kick off animation with all thank, the yes thank you for this gift scott thank you for this precious you had precious to gift. you got to do some pretty good ones so you had to do a really bad one eventually and yeah i just didn't think it was gonna take three days four hours 27 <laughs> seconds to, no, it, to watch it it this movie was 82 minutes it was long. 82 minutes i'm never gonna get back scott 82 minutes of my life that are gone forever. you made me watch rock of ages rock of ages is a delightful no enjoyment it of a picture no it is not it is absolutely not but the reason why so we're doing bad animated movies like like movies that kind of destroyed uh the, the an- genre well the animation studios like Rightfully so. This or, movie or really me. fucked up ones, really fucked up ones yeah. that are actually pretty good. So, yeah, you know, it's my podcast. I can I can hint away. So we'll also be talking about um, the Brave Little Toaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but All Dogs Go to Heaven came out in 1989. Oh, 89. Okay. It came out the same month or the same week as The Little Mermaid. Yeah, I remember you mentioning and that. And that's why I picked it because... The film that like kicked off the Disney Renaissance, with the film that like kind of destroyed MGM animation. Like started- again, it destroyed me. It should have destroyed the studio. Well, okay. So <laughs> how would you? 
how would you pitch this to a studio? Okay, this is what we're going to do. Well, this, it- is, I, this is what I had said. I was like, I don't understand. Who, who read this script and said, this is a good idea? Well, okay, so it has to do with gambling and casinos. And mobs and murder. And, and kidnapping. But it's all done by dogs. It's all done by dogs. But that makes it cute and funny and heartwarming. But they're not even like like cutely drawn dogs. Okay, what was I saying? I like I first of all, I think I had said this several times that I just had a constant look of horror <laughs> on my face yeah, during the wa- entire watching, movie. Watching this with Mallory was a delight because <laughs> I I after a while I stopped watching the screen because your face was just so distracting just, and priceless. <laughs> just my mouth agape in shock. And well, and it was like it was like I felt like I was being personally attacked. <laughs> it was like I was being personally offended by this movie. We'll we'll get to it, but I'm gonna tease it right now. Your face when the big lipped alligator <laughs> came on was the greatest face that Haley and I ever got to see because like your eyes got y- y- your eyes got big and and I think my mouth was just like I looked like I was about to vomit like, like and I was like tr- I was trying to partially you, turtle you made the my face sweater. that Steve Harvey makes when someone says something inappropriate on on the family yeah yeah like like you were like hmm <laughs> like, why what is happening right now oh man Steve Harvey if you listen to the podcast please come on I would love to talk about the original Kings of Comedy hmm. but I'm gonna pin that for later (laughs) um Uh, no but uh how would you think that that a film starring burt reynolds and dom DeLuise and vic tabak and charles nelson riley is a good idea it's like hey let's get the cast of cannonball run but let's make them dogs Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this is pitched. I also don't know how anybody ever going through the script at any point is like this, not only A, is appropriate for children, number one. This film is not appropriate for children. And number two, or B, all. or whatever, uh, whatever system I'm using here. One, A, B, two, <laughs> yeah. three, C. Uh, paragraph 14, 27 of X, Y, anyways. Uh, yeah uh and also it's not not only is this appropriate is this appropriate for children but also uh is this appropriate for anybody because really if you're watching a movie what you really want to do is you want to watch muted colors to the point where you can barely make out anything that's happening in a i'm sorry okay so in a cartoon you need to be able to differentiate what's actually happening because it's two-dimensional but when all the colors are also fucking muted and close together it's impossible to visually follow what's happening not to mention don't even get me started on the music jesus fucking christ i thought i was gonna kill myself it was okay so uh, no no we we should get started on the music because the the music i i don't remember who wrote the music for this but Disney mu- movies have like Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz and like famous Broadway composers. Yeah, this had like nobody famous. Clearly, I know. I know, I know one of them had. Well, uh, I think it was the Pebble and the Penguin had Barry Manilow <laughs> do with the music, but like the songs, with the exception of uh, the Big Lipped Alligator, that 
That, that's what they called it. That's what for, Lindsay Ellis, the for all nostalgia you, chick. For all of you listening, I just rolled my eyes and shook my head just at the mention of the alligator. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like the songs are, what did you say? Like Shatner style talk singing because Burt Reynolds. I did and, not. All and, I, all, and, I don't think I went into the, that detail. I think all I just said was, I think, no, I did not say that. I think all I said was, man. This music sucks. <laughs> I think that was literally, I think that's pretty much all I said. <laughs> well, I find it funny that like the same weekend or like the same month you have, I want to be where the people are. I want to see them. want to see, see them dancing. And then you have, let's make music together. It's, I mean, it's, ew. <laughs> I think I'd said, uh, too, if I never hear Burt Reynolds' voice ever again. It'll be too soon. I swear. Well, you won't have to because he's dead. So. Well, okay, but like, I'm never watching this movie again. So, okay. I mean, in that instance. Well, they had such a, a miserable time working with Burt Reynolds that for the sequel... You know, I can see that yeah. because I can feel that. You can tell that he's there for the paycheck and he's just I mean, fucking miserable. I mean, uh, not to mention, okay, so I also said not only are the colors muted, but the sound was really muted. Like all the music, all the voices that like the, it was very difficult to follow, um, you know, the audio because the vocals, the vocal performances were terrible and it was um, just, it was, I mean, okay, so there. Dom ma- DeLuise is the best vocal performance. So, who was that? itchy okay yeah so i yeah so i take it back so there were some like i thought the little girl like she was all right um we'll get into the little yeah girl. but i mean but i mean in the sense of like burt reynolds and like and the evil dude vic tabak right um i found it very difficult to listen to them because it was it was very well, they also have and, like mumbly voices it was and it, here's the thing though is that you can't be mumbly in a cartoon because not to mention the fact that this is a horrible movie it's like i think i was Man, anytime I'm having insomnia, I should just put this crap on. Well, I gave you two options. I gave you this in The Land Before Time, or as I call it, Dinosaur Orphans. Yeah, and none of this business about how I chose this one, so blah, blah, blah. I gave you options. I said I said this one. I said Secret of Nim, and I said I, I wanted you to do a Don Bluth one. Yeah. Because they're so ridiculous. Yeah, and the only reason why I said this oh, one Oh, and I also said I Rockadoodle. Think... Uh, did you? Oh, okay. And the... Rockadoodle. <laughs> Thank you, Haley. Uh I think the only reason why I'd said this one was because I was like, I think I've seen that one. So I guess, okay, that one. Well, when I explained to you what Secret of Nim was, you're like, hard pass. Explain to me again. I don't remember. Um, Unless you don't want to get into it on here. Basically, it's this woman who needs medicine for her sick rat child. Yep, hard pass. And you find out that, that these rats of Nim which turns out to be a mental institution who operated on these rats and gave them I superpowers. <laughs> I don't even remember you telling me this, but yeah, I'm unsurprised. And I was like, I'm not sitting through that. And then Land Before Time, you're like, what's that one? I was like, bunch of orphan dinosaurs trying to get to, you know, their grandparents because they're orphans. Yeah, I don't. What was my reaction to that one? Eh. I guess the dead dog one. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like I I guess the dead dog one then. <laughs> and you can tell like I you can tell how miserable Burt Reynolds is because like his classic trademark Burt Reynolds <laughs> laugh is like huh. Yeah. The other thing that was bothering me too watching this that was just making me like physically uncomfortable 
was so many pauses in between lines of just like he would like Burt Reynolds would say something and then just kind of and then go do something. <laughs> hey, kid. Uh, yeah. See you later. It kind of reminded me of BoJack Horseman. It kind of like like I feel like BoJack Horseman should do an episode where you find out like he did an animated kids film in the early 90s and it was like all dogs mm-hmm. go to heaven. I would have loved that. Yeah. Because this this film is I remember watching this as a kid and like I this was never my favorite animated movie growing up. I would hope not. But I it was on HBO all the time. Yeah. Like Don Bluth monopolized hbo because disney would not let their movies air on cable paid cable premium cable yeah because they have the disney channel so they they were trying to do that where um mgm and don bluth is like do you want my movie you can have all of my movies so they would just play them all the fucking time over and over again and this was on the most and i remember I watching must have, i must have seen this on tv and as a kid who was scared to death like, I don't know why my parents let me watch it as much. Yeah. And I remember watching it and being sad all the time. And I never understood why I was sad. Like, and it, I wasn't sad because Charlie died. Because I think in- instinctively I knew that he was a fucking asshole dog who, like, wanted to have hooker dancing dogs. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> but it was you every... You can do anything you want here. Um... <laughs> previews um but it was every time Anne marie was on and she talked and she would be like the baby the 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 little girl girl and she'd be like charlie like charlie yeah it's me how you feeling kid okay how are you well (laughs) i come to say goodbye where are you going ah it's not a little trip listen squeaker i I want you to do something for me, all right? Uh-huh. I want you to take care of Itchy. You know, just while I'm gone. You got a home now, and he doesn't have anybody. Don't worry, Charlie. I will. Great. Well, <clears throat> goodbye, little buddy. Oh, Charlie, I'll miss you. Like, Charlie. anytime she talked, Charlie. I would get sad, and I never understood why I got sad. And I realized why. I think instinctively I knew that the girl who played her, Judith Brazi, Barzi, was horribly murdered while making this movie. Her father, her mom, you know, knew she was a talented actress and her career took off. She did commercials. She did The Land Before Time. Don Bluth loved her and was going to like cast her in everything because he just loved how she was as a child actress. Her dad, who was a failed actor, murdered her and her mom in their sleep and like buried their bodies in the basement or something like that. I was like, like if you look into it, I think either that or like he put them in like cement, like, like Trinity killer style. Like I'll, I'll show you the article later, but it is upsetting. It is upsetting when you find it out. And like my mom or my dad like knew knew the story of what happened and they're like oh maybe you shouldn't watch this because the little girl actually died and they knew i was upset about death mm-hmm. like why would you tell me that a child died so every time i would watch this i'd be like that girl's dead and it would make me sad yeah but there's nothing else on tv i can watch because it's 1993 yeah yeah 
I. <laughs> you should be happy that I made you watch this and not Bebe's Kids. That was one <laughs> of our first episodes we did. It was Bebe's Kids. Yeah. And that film was god awful garbage. Yeah. This one is garbage, but it actually the animation isn't terrible. Like no, no, there was there was some decent animation. I think the color choices color choices were really really bad. Uh, but there were some some moments of decent animation, and there were I think there was one joke that we found yeah not bad. Yeah, I want to find out what Car- Carface has up his sleeve. It's a gun, Charlie. <laughs> that was it. That was the one joke. But like the one scene that although I thought I thought the whole Carface thing was kind of funny. And I was like, oh, that's okay. That's Scarface. The, the like there were very few like at least in these movies, right? In these animated movies from the. You know, eighties and nineties or whatever that um uh you know and Disney did it everywhere right where they build in all of these jokes for the for the grown ups um to, the, <coughs> to this feels like ki- like a movie that was was written for the grown ups and they're like yeah but it's animated so it's for kids yeah uh, yes absolutely but there wasn't enough in there to make it satirical to like like I well, can totally see something like this for uh for being made for adults yeah but it wasn't satire enough to make it worth anything like in beauty and the beast you have you know uh what what you show a woman to prove that you've changed oh the traditional stuff flowers chocolates promises you don't intend to keep like (laughs) like that right there is adult humor and satire where this is just like super dirty like like i think at one point charlie is telling the girl the story of Robin Hood and he calls the sheriff of Nottingham a bimbo. Oh, I didn't even hear that part. He's like, yeah, and the sheriff of Nottingham. Like, we also talk about for a second that he's reading the story of Robin Hood in Tolstoy's War and Peace. Yeah, he's just making it up as a With cartoon, with, I mean, obviously it's a cartoon, so there are cartoon pictures in War and Peace, which apparently is a picture book of Napoleon as a monkey. War and Peace is one of the longest stories ever written. So to make that also have pictures in it, then that makes it from being an 800-page book to probably a 2,000-page book. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to animate a monkey Napoleon yeah. getting stabbed. Right. And it was just, okay, so going back to the whole, like, uh, you know, uh, the adult themes in this movie, right? So we've got the mob, murder, gambling, drinking, uh and a very low cut negligee. Oh my god, the woman with the titties. <laughs> she was busting cleave. Like 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 I cannot believe it. So the the human woman that was going to become the little girl's future mother, like they you can see in the wedding photo that they got in the stolen wallet or whatever. And I think I had said you could see behind her veil. I was like, "Holy crap, those are some tits." All right. And then it was like it was like it was like full on sugar boobs. <laughs> and then then uh Anne Marie returns the wallet and they give her breakfast. But like And she's in this fifties like negligee. But the film is supposed to take place in like nineteen twenty nine or nineteen. Yeah, talk about the lack of historical accuracy. I mean you had a modern so it's nineteen twenty nine, right? Model T is the Model T even out? It is. Model T, so the Model T's out, right? Yes. No, this was the time of the Plymouth Cruiser. Okay, like, right. So, but you've got... That's the car that you've got, turned into a bar. Right. Okay, so you've got modern parking signs. Yeah. And there were definitely cars that were not... Um, first of all, also, it's like, how long have cars been around? You've got a huge junkyard with a magnet on a crane. I'm just like, I... 
there's, there's so many inaccuracies. And I'm like, there's that many vehicles in a junkyard at this point. How many people even had a car that you have a huge Don's junkyard? Yeah, for Don, Don Bluth. Yeah, well, Don, your business has been run over by dogs. I'm pretty sure that they, for the mom, the you know scantily clad sugar boobs. Yes, for I'm not gonna say that, but <laughs> uh, I think they just took the the animated design for the princess from Dragon's Lair. Okay. Do you remember Dragon's Lair? Basically that character, the princess is like naked. Mm -hmm. Like she's got pasties. And I think they just took that and they're like, let's put her in a pink negligee. And also... She doesn't know how to fucking cook. Like okay, yeah. Can we? So she's making this little girl waffles, right? And, and think, she's overfilling and the I think waffle. The first iron. thing I'm like, that is too much fucking batter, you dumb bitch. <laughs> that you're putting all this batter in the waffle maker, and then the waffles that she hands the little girl are, are dark burnt. brown. She's handing her completely. She's handing her charcoal waffles. <laughs> charcoal waffles. And and uh, I I love. I didn't say this out loud. I thought of a joke because um, Aunt Little Anne Marie is like, oh, thank you. You're so kind. I wanted to say, oh, your heart is as big as your boobs. <laughs> it's really, it's really, yeah, this movie messed up. This movie is so weird because like. And that's the other, yeah, exactly. It was just, it's just bizarre. It's like, just bizarre. You would, you would expect this to be like a 70s animated movie. Like, like yeah, it then dump, it makes a little bit more sense. Because like, oh, everyone's on acid and doing cocaine. Like, that makes then, sense. Then at, then at least the motivation behind writing this and producing it at least makes a little bit more logical where, sense. Where this is the late 80s. 89? And they yeah, put this out? Yeah, this is late 80s. Cocaine 80s was the early 80s, so there's no excuse. Yeah, this would be a fun movie on cocaine. <laughs> but I, I just... Like, like if Don Bluth was making this and he was high on cocaine, like that would be early eighties, right? Not eighty nine. This is like the time of TGIF and like, right? Like, like this is. And family. also, I think this would have been a much better movie if he wrote it when he was high on cocaine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, like when <laughs> like Stephen King in like eighty five or eighty four when he was making Maximum Overdrive. Have you ever seen? Stephen King has only directed one movie. Okay. And it's called Maximum Overdrive. And if you see the behind the scenes footage of it, he's high on cocaine. He's like, Emilio, Emilio, this is what, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Just go with me. 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 There's a lawnmower that is alive. Eh? 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 Fucking crazy, right, man? Right? Right? And Emilio Estevez is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I just pictured Don Bluth high on cocaine being like, Bert, 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 Bert. Dead dog. <laughs> Go with me here. Go with me here. They killed Charlie by, they hit him with a car. And not only that, I want to talk about for a moment. How uncomfortable the, we were watching this with my dog right there. I, I, there were a lot of moments where I felt like I needed to put my hands over Stella's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch this, Stella. Don't watch it. Um, uh, and she was watching it, too. Yeah, that's what that's what upset us the most. Yeah. Like Haley and I she are like, oh, legit is this a good idea? watching the movie. Yeah, okay, so let's talk for a moment about the dexterity and strength that all these dogs had to push a car down a bridge not just any bridge it's one of those old sitting on the dock of the bay bridges yeah it's very like and, and i'm 
the the, the dumb Charlie doesn't see that the car is oh, coming because he's can't so move out of the well. Way. He's got a he's got a blindfold on and he's super drunk. Oh yeah. Oh that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a super drunk dog that's about to get murdered by a car. So this takes place in New Orleans, and they're on the dock of the bay. I would love to see Otis Redding being like sitting on the dock of the bay. Charlie's about to get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charlie, you might want to move. Yep. Oh, yeah. dog's dead. <laughs> it was really... Okay, so then they hit, gets hit by the car, and then he meets the whore of heaven. Well, her design was... Like, they clearly wanted Whitney Houston in this movie. Like, her design is... She has Whitney Houston's hair and bow from the How Will I Know music video. How will I know if he really loves me? I'm sorry. Well, that that would be amazing if they just took Whitney Houston songs and like just changed it to be like dog. That would I would watch How that movie. How will I know if he really loves me? Licks his crotch and I know it's on. See, I, I'd I'd watch that movie. I'd enjoy that movie. I think. Got hit by a car because he was blind. But again, Whitney has good music. This movie does not. This <laughs> movie has music that was made to torture me. Because I bet they were like, oh, we're totally going to get nominated for Oscars the same way Little Mermaid is for, you know, Under the Sea and Part of Your World. I, I actually have a word for that. It's called delusion. <laughs> delusion of grandeur. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, But little like, bit. So casting Burt Reynolds and Vic Tabak, you have like a gangster actor, Vic Tabak, and then like a 70s, you have the, you have the bandit from Smokey and the Bandit. Like, you have two guys who are known for being mumblers. Yeah. And why would you, like... We had to turn the audio up. Yeah. And as somebody... So, speaking as somebody who has... I have a hard time hearing speech, particularly when there's... Fuck you, motherfucker. Um, (laughs) I have a hard time with speech a lot. Huh? Um, Stop it! Come again? I will come over there and I will cut you. I can't hear you. I'm going to punch you in your face. (laughs) No, but really, like I have a hard, I'll have a hard time hearing speech. I, a lot of times I need to be looking at you. Like, it's just, you know, if there's mumbling, I have a very hard time and I'm sitting here and how is it that you're standing in a recording studio and you have people listening to you and you're talking about them? Well, Vic Tabak is like one of these gangster actors who has like a big mumbly voice. But like, if you're going to do that, get like, like a Lawrence Tierney or like get, get, like I don't know any actor except Vic Tabak because he's not photographed like this. Yeah, and I God think, damn it, Charlie. And I feel like you can be, you can. I mean, it's called acting. It's called a performance, and you can give a vocal performance where you're trying to sound like you're mumbling, but you are still enunciating enough so the people watching your freaking movie are actually understanding what you're saying. I couldn't follow. A lot of it. Not that I really needed to, because there wasn't a lot of depth here. Uh, but no, no. The, the basic Cliff Notes version is: Charlie is a dog. He dies. He didn't feel like he was ready to die. He comes back, uses a little girl who talks to animals to win horse racing, frog racing, kangaroo fight, kangaroo boxing. And you're like, which I actually found that kind of funny. Well, you're like. Oh, this is just ridiculous. I was like, this is 1928. They literally did have kangaroo oh, boxing. Like, yeah, all right. Like, there are old-timey photos yeah. from New Orleans of kangaroos yeah. fighting each other. It's just very, like, it's so bizarre. So weird. Yeah, so then, yeah, so, uh, so he gambles or whatever. And then he basically puts the little girl's life in danger and almost gets her killed. Yeah, she gets pneumonia. Yeah, and then... 
But now he has affection for her and this wins his I think spot. he always had affection for her. He just didn't want to admit Whatever. it. Whatever. We can debate the complexities <laughs> of his emotional depth, if you'd like. I no. guarantee I'll win. Here's the answer. He has none. Because it's Burt Reynolds just doing Burt Reynolds But it's like things. this whole, and I think I had said at the end, right? So all dogs go to heaven. So he, so this dog dies. He goes to heaven. And even an heaven whore is like, uh, pink, pink, like the pink dog is like, uh, I think it's Melba Moon who plays her. Whatever. She's flipping through the book of judgment and like, well, you know, dogs go to heaven cause they're all loyal and kind. You, so you've got nothing loyal and kind in your you book. Did you see some of the things that it said? No. Like insider trading, larceny, <laughs> lust, <laughs> unwanted lust. So shut up. Okay. So he's totally raped other creatures. He's just. I can't limit this to dogs because this world, this universe clearly involves other animals. So who knows what else he's been screwing around. Well, we also know he's got 12 kids by, by what's his face that they all call him uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Yeah. So, but no, my point, my point being right. So this dog dies, goes to heaven. This book says that he's done nothing good, but basically, but he still goes to heaven, right? He weasels his way back to earth, does all these horrible things, then saves the little girl and goes to hell. He saves the little girl. No, he that's a dream sequence. No, no, he, he goes to hell. That's what. That's how he. When he comes back, he's in hell. That's the devil who who lets him see Marie, and then then Hooker Angel Girl in the as the blue dot kills the devil. Oh, that's right. So he goes to hell. I'm now confused. So he he. So the de- so he was in hell, and then the blue dot came to bring him because to he sacrificed himself. So the lesson here is that uh, if you sleep around while you're in heaven, you've got some loyalty that you've spread around so that it doesn't matter what you do, no matter what, you'll still go to heaven. <laughs> that's that's certainly the lesson that I got from this film. And the, the film also ends on like, a, there's going to be a sequel. The sequel didn't come until 1996. Yeah. I think, I think too, the movie was like, it looked like it was about to end. And then the dog said, wait, one, somebody said, wait, one more time, one more thing. And I think I screamed at the top of my lungs. No, when will this end? Well, it wasn't just that. It was like the movie ends with Carface gets killed by the ship going down. No, the, the giant alligator eats him. Oh, right. Um, And we'll get to the alligator. I promise people we are getting to the alligator. <laughs> we will get there. But he goes, nah, I don't want to be here. And he finds his clock and he and she's like, you can never come back. Right. And Charlie goes, he'll be back. <laughs> like, of course he will. Because all dogs go to heaven. Well, that's the sequel. So the sequel is that Carface now tries to be like the way Charlie was with this little boy. But apparently Char- uh, Charlie, uh, Burt Reynolds, was so impossible to work with that MGM is like, no, we're not going to use you. You're too unpredictable. You're too crazy. You're too much of an alcoholic and a womanizer. We're going to replace you with Charlie Sheen. They did something wrong there. Mm. <laughs> They're like, hey, he's too much of a womanizer and a whoremonger. Let's replace him with a womanizer and a whoremonger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I question everyone's judgment on this project. And in, in Don Bluth wouldn't even come back. He's like, no. No, I knew how much crap this was the first time around. Pretty much. It was really just, it was just bad. 
It's just bad. Also, it like I didn't even understand what was happening in the beginning. You had these two dogs using power tool, like construction tools. Because Charlie is in the pound, which I guess is prison. He's in the dog pound, and he's about to be euthanized. Right. They're about to like. I guess he's such a bad. Well, back do- then they actually had euthanasia versus just like shooting them. Well, then, then when they have just shot the dogs. That well, that's what they're trying to do because yeah. Itchy helps him escape. His name is Itchy Itchafor Dachshund. <laughs> Fuck you, movie. Fuck you so hard. Dom DeLuise doing the Lord's work here. Yeah. Dom DeLuise is the only good thing in this yeah, movie. Carrying, carrying the whole. <laughs> oh well, thing. no, Anne Marie's good. The little late yeah. Judith Barazzi. Is. Charlie, 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 Charlie. Are you going to buy me a new dress, Charlie? Well, I love how Are you she's... going to find me parents, Charlie. The weird thing, okay, the weird thing about Anne Marie is that she's treated the only one weird thing. She's treated less like a little girl and more like a love interest. And it's freaking gross. And it's freaking obvious because, like, she packs up her stuff and she's like, I'm leaving you. Yeah, no. She's like one of those battered wives who's like, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll leave you and I'll find a man who loves me. Yeah, it's really pretty gross. And. It, this is like maybe I should have done this in March instead of May. It should have done it for Toxic Relationship Month. Yeah. Well, let's also and let's also not forget her. that uh, that the whole reason why this little girl is here is because Carface kidnapped her and has been holding an her hostage in a basement. And also uh, because she's telepathic when it comes to animals, she she can talk to the animals, walk with the animals. She's like Doctor Doolittle. She can talk to animals. Yeah. Um, so she knows which animals, I guess there's insider trading for, for horse racing because like when it's someone's birthday, they're going to let them win. <laughs> which is just kind of, okay. Well, let's talk about that. The horse racing, it's this. Can we, can we start with the little girl standing on the two dogs and putting a bet down because she's wearing a false mustache she, and she, she's she pulls a little rascal and she successfully places a bet. And it's like, I know that it's a cartoon, right? I know it's a cartoon. I know it's not real. But you know what? The better animated movies are ones that stay closer to the functions of how reality works. Because... Well, not true. Not true. Because that same year, you have a crab singing under the sea. (laughs) Just saying. No, there's a a difference between that. I'm joking. Okay, well, I... Shut up. You shut up. (laughs) Um, Anyways, Little Rascals. And then... Yeah, because it, it's full-blown little rascals she's standing on the shoulders of two other people yeah and she's got a fake mustache and the way that she's walking like she's walking almost dancing yeah but it's like um maybe we should get her to like a drunk tank right yeah and she goes she goes up to this booth and places her bed and the guy's like Okay. Okay. He's like, "Are you sure you want the grand chahi? Because the odds are a thousand to one, which means she probably Do you put know d- something I don't know. Yeah, she probably put down that, like, what what would you say, a hundred bucks? Sure. So she probably made like a million dollars. Yeah. If it's like a thousand to one bet. Yeah. She so. They only needed to bet once. They didn't need to go to kangaroo boxing, which I would have loved to see how she talked to them. Yeah. And I would have loved for them to have all Australian, Australian accents. accents. Yeah. <laughs> like you have oh, like, did I, mate? 
Oh, like, yeah, well, I'm going to be the one who's winning this fight. Yeah, we fixed it, mate. Yeah, it's my birthday because that's how the rules of this work. Yeah, yeah, if you have a birthday. You're I'm the one Boz Lerman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what happens, right? So they're so the horses are racing and one horse is winning. And then the clearly the lady horse, who never takes the curlers out of her hair, uh, well, it's they're not curlers. She, I know, but it looked to me yeah. it looked like curlers. I know it's not, but that's the way they did her mane. But well, I um, love how it's a wonderful day for a race, dude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he oh, has the a monocle, a monocle, and he's got a cigarette. He has a cigarello, like he has yeah, like yeah, a yeah. cigarette holder. And, yeah, and, uh, and then uh, she goes up to um, Mr. Monocle and is like, "No, no, no! It's it's Chipaz. What's his name? The Grand Chahis. Chahi, Chahi. It's Chahi's birthday." And he's like, "Oh!" And now. <laughs> He has to win. Yeah, this Forrest Gump horse. Like, this is a horse that is so, like... Doesn't know his ass from his elbows. Yeah, like, like this would be a character in a Coen Brothers movie. It's like Tim Blake Nelson's character from A Brother Where Art Thou mm-hmm. as a horse. Yeah. And he's, he's... Yeah, yep. And he's so bad at horse racing that they literally have to push him... Yes! ...to the yeah. finish line. Yep, because you got that horse, like, basically up up Chahi's ass, forcing him to the end. <laughs> Go get him, old bean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's really very, bu- and here's what I don't understand, right? So this little girl talks to all the animals. The dogs can all understand each other, but apparently every animal has their own language, but this little girl can speak to all of them. I'm like, really? So dogs can't speak to any other animals. And okay. You also pointed out she looks Exactly like Snow White. You point. I didn't point that out. Oh, but Haley I'll t- pointed I'll fully, that. Somebody pointed it. I. I'll take credit for it. Sure. But I didn't yes. point it out. Haley pointed okay. it out. Okay. Because her, she's wearing a blue and red and white dress. Yeah. She got a bow in her hair, doesn't she? She has a bow in her hair. She's got she those big eyes, porcelain dark skin, raven dark hair. hair. Yeah. And like, she, and just the shape of her face. Just, I mean, if you were to compare a photo of her of like that, well, hey, you know what? It is set in what 1929. Nola, right? So. Well, what's super creepy also. I felt so uncomfortable watching her pretty woman style yeah. montage of her here's, getting... Here's the other thing, right? So they've won all this money, so now she can buy all of these nice clothes. How is it? She's walking in with these dogs and this cash, and she's buying all of these custom clothes, and all these shop owners are like, sure, come on in, little girl. We'll accept your money. Hello, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like when what? Like, like there is, I am sorry. I firmly believe in the suspension of disbelief well, for things to, it, for you to be able to engage <laughs> in a story that is not based in reality. I cannot, I, there's not enough in here for me to be able to say, okay, in this universe, that makes sense. No, no, in no universe does any of this make sense. Don't, don't you want to see like the first scene, like the first story that she tries to go into and it's like pretty woman where they're like, maybe you should go someplace else. And she's like, but I have money. I have money. <laughs> Maybe we should call Child Protective <laughs> Services and yeah. the pound and animal control. Huh. Excuse me, little girl. Are you sure that there isn't some squirrely looking nerdy old man and his big chested wife? Like, it's just very. And also not to mention the fact that this little girl's running around with this dog at a certain point. And how long does it, does it take for anybody to be like, uh, do you have parents? Like, do you, are you here with anyone? Yeah. Okay. So in the breakfast scene, when the married couple, what are they called? The Walthorps or the, I don't know. They're like, oh, so, uh, who's Charlie? Is that your dad? And she, she's like, no, it's my dog. We live in a junkyard together. (laughs) 
where are your parents? Do they run the junkyard? No, I don't have parents. And then they're like, oh, excuse me. Right. And then it sounds like they're arguing about whether or not she should even stay there. No, they both agree she should oh, they stay did. there. Okay. They just don't know where she would stay. And he's like, I guess she can stay in the spare bedroom. No shit. <laughs> like, I thought they were arguing about like whether or not they were going to like take her to the police or what. I think they both agree. Like, they're like, well, we need to do something. But I think she should stay here with us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love for the, it to like just turn all like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Like, well, you're... Bradley, you're never gonna give me a a husband. Uh, you're never gonna give me a child. You're a horrible husband. Yeah. Well, it's not my fault that you have deviled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a horrible like yeah. fighting thing. Yeah. And then they're like, "Do you want to stay here?" Yeah. And that's where this becomes like an abusive relationship because Charlie comes to the window and he's like, "I'm just saying bye, kid, because you never want to be with me again." Yeah. And, and, and manipulates her by pretending to be ill now, and and. Uh, uh, and goodbye have a good life as a kid i never understood that i actually thought he was dying i thought he was like deteriorating because once again he's a zombie dog like he's yeah. a dead dog yep. who came back to life yeah and i don't think i've ever said that said dead dog so many times in my entire <laughs> life and in this conversation well that's why uh, on the bagel basket you're also going to be doing a dog's purpose <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> that's the movie where the dog dies every 20 yeah minutes. i know what fucking movie it is scott <laughs> I know what fucking movie it is. What? You want to do Romeo and Michelle again? Okay. That's far more entertaining. <laughs> no, it, it was just... <sighs> Animation in the 80s was either hit or miss. Like, like I feel like this got picked because um, Disney was doing Oliver and Company, and they're like, MGM's like, well, Disney's doing a dog movie. We should do a dog movie. And because it takes five years to make an animated movie and it's 1984 now, let's do our own dead dog movie. Yeah. That's just one of those where it's just like, you know, and I think that could be translated into today of just, yeah, I get you wanting to compete. Don't compete with bad movies. Either make something good or don't make something at all. Because I'm shocked that like the studio, because... Even for animated movies, you need people reading scripts. Yeah. Because are you going to put this amount of money into making this? Yeah, because an animated movie can be far more expensive and takes a lot more time to create. This one clearly wasn't. (laughs) No, this was like bargain basement. Once again, it's the 80s. So how much cocaine were they on? Like Not enough. Like Not enough. (laughs) Or maybe too much. It was one or the other. Yeah. Either they were all half dead who, who's or they the, were not high enough. Who's the fucking like intern, you know, production assistant script reader who is like, guys, guys, the script is amazing. I've seen it. I found it. I found it. I found my Sistine Chapel. Oh, we're doing we're doing this voice totally wrong. This this has to be like, hey guys. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just rubbing his teeth. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so so it's this movie about dogs. It's animated, and they're dead. A dog dies, comes back, hangs out with a little girl who can talk to animals. They start betting, and they open the casino. We're going to have showgirl dog hookers. Yep, and the guy has fathered 14 puppies and does it and occasionally visits and brings them pizza. Oh, it's so weird. That scene is so weird. 
because then he's clearly going to kill these dogs because he brings them a cake and it's not just and, a, oh, it's a chocolate okay, cake. Okay, okay. All right. This I think I was horrified when I seen this, right? Okay, just hold on, right? Okay. So Charlie, so Charlie, stop. So Charlie then brings this box and he delivers to them this chocolate cake and they all go into it and then Charlie the dog then looks at the camera like yep that's exactly what i fucking did i just killed all my puppies it i good lord well it's so weird when 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 they when they see charlie the dogs go charlie charlie pizza hey anybody here order a pizza And and then you got the one fat dog who's like, "Can I have some more pizza, Uncle Charlie?" Yeah. And then they all fight about it. And then they sing. Uh, I recall them singing a it's song a, about sharing. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was about? Yeah, it was about like. I thought sh- it was about ways to make my ears bleed. <laughs> What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. The more you share, the more the sun will shine. Everybody, what's mine is yours. What's yours? Hey, will you put that piece of Look, stop it. This is- okay, we've come to it. The alligator in the room. <laughs> so the oh, most, yes. th- this film is most famous for, as, as Lindsay Ellis, the nostalgia, formerly nostalgia chick called it, the big flipped alligator moment. In the movie, Charlie and Anne-Marie fall through a floor into the bayou. Yep. Where they are taken by these native voodoo mice. Yeah, which clearly, I mean, well, we haven't really touched on the racial stereotypes it's, that they it's pulled in. Up. Uh, like the, the, what was it, the cat from Siam or whatever, where they put a symbol on her head? No, it's it's... It's itchy. He oh they're, oh, they're doing you can't keep a good dog down. And they they name all these European countries until they get to Siam, and he puts a symbol on his and head. And he does this and Mickey his, Rooney, and, this, yeah. this offensive like breakfast his activities. eyes get become slanted, and it was just and they so offensive. And I I think my jaw dropped, <laughs> and it was just and then then um because you were saying like wait till we get to the wait till the alligators i can't wait to see your face for the alligators and it starts and off like, what the fuck? and i hadn't even seen the alligator and it was just all these like st- all this really stereotypical like nola voodoo doctor <laughs> like this was clearly like <laughs> this was clearly supposed to be like all the black people in new orleans in 1929 like witch doctors like yeah all the witch doctors and like they're it- trying to do well i can't say human sacrifice canine excuse canine well, no, sacrifice. human sacrifice because Anna oh yes because of the baby um the baby i you know she's five years old I, well it's because i have a niece and it doesn't matter how old she is i'll always call right. her a baby so um so uh but so then so yeah so you've got the the sacrificial rites that are happening with all of the the voodoo community and then Mallory's even... eyes are glazing over as she says this. And then it happened to me. <laughs> so so the alligator comes up, 
is looking a, like hell. It's a, I assume that to children it's supposed to be hella scary. Yeah. So it's about to eat Charlie. Chomps down and he lets out like a a little Richard. Woo! Yeah, he has he he sings out of vibrato, which clearly was not performed by Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a little Richard. Given the rest of the movie and his, the rest of what his if halfway through they got rid of Burt Reynolds, replaced him with little Richard, and be like, "Shut up, Anne Marie! <laughs> Shut up, baby!" I still would have found that a better movie. I would have <laughs> been fine with that. So then. Like the alligator becomes a full on like, you know, drag queen. I was going to say like, like almost divine style, like, yeah. like songstress divine Miss M. But I'm pretty sure it's like one of the four tops or like someone from the temptation. But all of a sudden the makeup goes on. There's bows. There's mascara. Uh, let's make music together. Okay, yeah. Which if I've never heard a euphemism for let's like get down so, and so screw and if you see charlie's face it's like well it looks like i'm gonna have to have sex with this alligator. yeah it's very and the whole thing is like we'll we'll make a beautiful harmony or whatever it's like let's make music together let's make sweet harmony let's make music together let's make sweet babe. sweet love that's all i could hear let's make sweet sweet love you take the dough i take the right take the key change from me yeah uh, it's, it is just it was it was horrifying it was just it was and also it was just like there were so many things in this movie and i guess considering everything it wouldn't be out of place but everything constantly felt like it was coming out of left field like now there's a there's now there there's a gay alligator now there's all this now there's a weird love sacrifice now there's this child that's being kidnapped now there's this now there's that i what oh don't forget charlie gets shot and he doesn't die because he's already dead. Yeah. They shoot him with a ray gun. Because he's a zombie dog. Yeah. Zombie dog. Um, And, and Amory's like, Charlie, I thought you were dead. And yeah. he's like, that's oh, the only way I could get out of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a way out. Yeah. The dog did. So, like, they blow up his place. They blow up everything. They kidnap Amory again. And then they try drowning Charlie. They're like, oh, we've tried everything. Time to drown you. He gets saved by his lover alligator. Yep. And then Carface gets eaten. And Amory, who has pneumonia at this point. Yeah. She has Oh yeah, she's gonna die real soon. From from the alligator moment, she gets pneumonia and she gets really sick. Yeah. And they're like, Should we do anything? And he's like, Yeah, let's get her back to my place. No, you get her to the adults who can get her a doctor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said, Oh, should we try a vet doctor? Yeah, no, she she needs a human doctor. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that one of these older dogs have some logic. I would have loved for the big the the big alligator to come back and be the voice of reason and be like, She's got pneumonia. Yeah, and she's got water in her lungs. And she's got pneumonia in nineteen twenty nine. She's dead. She's gonna die like Shirley Temple, baby. Yeah, she's she's dead. She's she's a she's a dead she's Yeah. Yep dead cartoon which is just considering what happened to the actress is so like oh it's so sad because judith brazi was not just amory in this what i knew her as was ducky from the land before time yep 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 and like that's what everyone knew her as and everyone loved her don bluth loved her and she was horribly murdered like to the point where you actually forgot and you felt bad because she has a song 
like she has her somewhere that's green like song apparently i blocked it out from the trauma because you're like oh that's a different voice that's not her singing oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm like and now there's someone who's 10 years older singing and i'm like because she died i didn't know she i didn't until you said that i didn't realize she actually died while the movie was in production they they got all of her first like scratch track stuff right but it was like her song that they didn't get her singing her like somewhere that's green what if they just got like ellen green to sing that (laughs) charlie rakes and trims the grass just this movie was so weird (laughs) you can't have them all you can't have riverdale i was really like i was really this movie has like traumatized me okay you said that that i made you sit through this and like it was traumatizing you made me sit through that like weird, boring episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That I was... didn't. Re- I didn't. That was an un. That okay. That was unintentional. It was unintentional. It was still. It still it felt like an hour long episode. It... Okay, a twenty minute episode made you feel like an hour. This hour and a half long movie made me feel like I the died hour here. I was and here for so long. Twenty two minutes. I was here for twenty seven years. <laughs> I was an old woman by the time that movie ended. I needed new hips by the time the movie ended. Okay. You needed new hips when you walked in the door. I did, but that's a whole other story. It took me 27 years to get them fixed. Okay. My HMO was bad. Okay. Let's not call, call people names. (laughs) You've never heard that joke from family guy. No. Your HMO denied your claim. Well, I know that my doctor hit on me, but you don't need to call them names. (laughs) Uh, Um, anyways, no, like, Everything about this movie is bizarre and weird, and I can't believe that my parents let me watch this. As it's a- really, I mean, again, repeating some of the adult things. I remember at one point, uh, Itchy is serving at the car bar, and in the in the dog casino, and they beat the shit out of. Well, him. there's also that, but also uh, behind him, there was a dog getting piss drunk, fell over, and then the dog next to him held up a martini like cheers and drank and at the and same like, time there's like dogs getting lap dances from like showgirl right. dogs. i mean this cl- place clearly i mean the, it's clearly part brothel do you think they were like hey bert what would you like to see if you were a dog and you opened your own casino well uh, if i'm a dog i probably wanna uh, get a lap dance from a girl dog right right that that's what they want yeah yeah it was very i mean yeah, and then like the mobsters come and beat the crap out of Itchy. itchy. To the point where he's covered in bruises, even his shirt is yeah. covered and in And then bruises. they set off an atomic bomb at the hotel. Yeah, at the casino. At the, at the casino. Right. So let's let's also talk about a couple of more things, right? Not only was uh it clearly like an atomic bomb because the the debris and the smoke from this tiny little a dog casino in the middle of a junkyard took up like it looked like it lit up half the city and was filling the entire air with smoke. Number one, let's also talk about how clearly this planet was on the verge of being exploded because, because the, the moon, moon was so damn close. This was straight. This was but like that, straight that up was... Monoc- mo- like melancholia shit where the moon was so fucking close that they were colliding. If this was in the same universe as Lars von Trier's Melan- Melancholia. 
I would have fucking loved that. Like I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was because uh, that moon. Do you think that that the the mom was uh, Kirsten Dunst's character, the the cleavage mom who made the bad pancakes or the bad waffles for Anne Marie? Absolutely. That that's uh, absolutely. I mean, you don't. You he's don't... Alexander Skarsgård. I mean, he's Kirsten Dunst. Oh yeah, like... for sure. I mean, you don't make waffles like that unless you know you've got nothing left to live for. <laughs> No, but that was one of the scenes that was actually beautifully animated like that. No, it was. I mean, I will say this. I mean, uh, I think there was a where was it? There was a shot that was supposed to be over New Orleans and you had the moon that was up the sky and and it it was rotating. Right. And it was. So I will say this, that there were some parts of the animation that were beautiful. I thought that um, at the end, after after um, after the heaven dog uh, killed the hell dog. Yeah. Sure, let's go with that. Um, that there was like some like be- like the stars and like the just like the glittery or whatever. I thought that was a cool effect and like the the whole sequence of him dreaming about being dragged to hell and like on the river sticks and everything. I don't know. I still would have loved sticks music to be playing. Yeah, that would have been very appropriate. Um, but it the was, renegade so, is on its way. Yeah. Um. So it was very. Um. So there were some some few redeem i don't want to say redeeming but there for there were some entertaining i'm not even gonna go that far i will say there were not some, terrible uh, still you're pushing it there there were some qualities that i can point out that were okay um, worth to make note of yeah like as as positive features i mean we always joke on this podcast that like this would be better if it was a David Lynch movie. And I feel like this is a David Lynch movie, but he's like, no, I'm not fucking touching that. Oh, hi. No, no way. I'm touching that fucking movie. Yeah. David Lynch doesn't kill dogs. You know, it's one of those where I find, I find it amusing watching these types of movies, right. As an adult. And you pick up on all of the things that you wouldn't have picked up on as a kid. And I'm watching this thinking that, like we said earlier, that this feels very much like it's an adult, cartoon that they animated so they could play it for kids and what did you say that you thought the movie was about you said you didn't think that what the movie was about at all was what it was as a kid as a kid what did you actually think oh, the movie okay. was about as when a, you saw it as a kid i thought it was about a dog that wrongfully died came back to help a little girl find a family right and instead it was about a cheating murderous philandering a uh, piece of crap who got killed by his ex-partner who ran the mob and then he manipulated his way whoa, whoa, out whoa, of whoa, heaven whoa. to come because, back and screw him over because he's a mobster and a dog the mog sure <laughs> i'll let you have that if that's what you need in this moment <laughs> <laughs> the mog uh so they so yeah so he comes back to screw the mob guy over and then the mob, they try to beat him and then there's drinking and then there's the kidnapping of the little girl and then, you know, gaslighting and manipulation and more murder and more beating and drinking and gambling. And, and the way they gloss over the kidnapping, is it's like, really like it's very like, yeah, it's freaking weird. I mean, he's keeping this little girl in a basement and forcing her to <laughs> and forcing forcing her to perform like uh, if you yeah, uh, and this was like around the time of Silence of the Lambs, the book, not the movie. The movie came out two years later, but the book of Silence of the Lambs. So like 
this is some Buffalo Bill shit. This yeah. is some like it puts lotion on its skin. Like he's keeping Anne Marie yeah. in the basement with another animal. Yeah. That she has to communicate with and do his bidding. Yeah. Not just that, when we see her for the first time, she's supposed to be a monster and she's got on like Right. Because they think that he's keeping a monster in his basement (laughs) and that's how he's able to do all of the things that he can and do so well in all of his business and everything. So going back to Anne-Marie's Somewhere That's Green song, her I Wish I Had This Family, in her dream, the the horny dad and the voluptuous mom not only adopt her, but adopt Lonnie Anderson Dog, who runs the dog orphanage, and all of the orphan dogs in her dream. But not just that. She's also going through pictures that aren't real of her playing with the dogs and playing with the parents who are now her parents. Yeah. And then she's wearing the mom's negligee in high heels. I don't remember that. In one of the photos, she's wearing the negligee in the high heels, and they're looking at her like, oh, she's so cute. Like, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh, God, Jesus fucking Christ, this fucking movie. Like, as a child, I was like, oh, I mean, it's animated, and there's no Muppets Take Manhattan isn't on for another 20 minutes, so I guess I'll watch this. Yeah. Yeah. This is really the movie that you stumbled into when nothing else was on and then and, regretted it. And the only thing I ever remembered about this movie was The Alligator. I think I remember like the dogs running around. And I think I thought that the story was set in heaven. I thought it was something I thought it was something more like that where like I, I don't think that's a sequel. I okay. I so maybe I remember the sequel. Maybe if I saw the sequel, I'd re- I'd be like, N- I remember this one because this I don't remember, but I do remember vaguely of like dogs being around in heaven a lot. Um, and I don't, I didn't remember the little girl. I didn't remember a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's a little boy in the sequel. Okay, I honestly don't remember. But you know what? I'm just out of my curiosity. I'm still not gonna watch the sequel just because this was so painful. I don't feel like I need to subject myself. Well, it takes place in modern day in the sequel. So that means Itchy's dead. Itchy is dead. They're all dead. Yeah, and they all come back. Right. Because I guess if you're in heaven, you're eternal. Right. It's weird. Um, So as we come to the end of the movie. I'm just just sitting here shaking my head. I already (laughs) think I know how many bagels are missing. All right. How many bagels are you giving this? I think this movie owes bagels. This movie owes bagels. So negative. This, this movie is in debt. How many? I'm negative gonna, 13? <laughs> I'm not going to go that far because I do think that there there was like the one slightly amusing piece of humor, kind of. And there was some like nice animation in it. Because it's Don Bluth. Don Bluth so does good animation. I Yeah, but he shouldn't. No stories, please. Um, I'm going to give it a minus one. Okay, I'll go with zero bagels. There's th- this movie is garbage. This was this was bad, but it was like so bad that it was painful. So, is there anything that you want to plug or anything? No. You just want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to have the memory of this movie leave me as quickly as possible. Okay. It, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter at 
writers, bagel basket, no vowels, all vowels, no vowels. That's W-R-T-R-B-A-G-E-L-B-S-K-T or on Instagram at Writer's Bagel Basket, on Facebook, Writer's Bagel Basket. Email us if you have anything that you think we should be doing, like any movies, TV shows, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Until next time, Mallory, thank you for being here. No, thank you for bringing me to watch this. Though it's always a joy to spend time with you. Thank you. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. And I'm Mallory Saffron. Bye.